Evening everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Town Social. My name is Nick Barlow, with me tonight as always is Gasquet, Ealing Kilroy and God, 4-0 win lads, get in! Massive win against, well, the, the massive, just what we needed. Were they? Press conference, already started good. Press conference, I didn't fall asleep after the first five minutes, so we're already on to a winner. I mean, to be honest, to, to be fair, like if we'd have nicked a mannequin out of... You know, John Lewis and stuck it with a picture of Worthy's face. It would have probably been worse than Darren Moore. But otherwise, it was always going to be better, wasn't it? We were promised attacking football. Let the shackles off, he said. Let the let the terriers off the leash. And so we were licking our lips in anticipation for what was to come. And Ian was so pleased. Four at the back. First half, very, very cagey. Very nervy. You know, we were wondering, oh, could it be another nil-nil? But then second half... The football gods smiled down on us and a brilliant Sorba Thomas corner into the box. Pearson header, like he always does, bang 1-0. And then Wednesday kindly capitulated for us. 4-0 win, absolutely incredible. I didn't even know what to do. Like I had to I had to take a couple of aspirin, lie down in a dark room after because I just I've, I've no idea what it felt like. Ian had to do two podcasts because there's so much to talk about and guys had to uh, unstick his boxer shorts. I think after a four nil, you know, it just doesn't happen, does it? Four nil. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Clean sheet, four goals, so so important. And look, QPR one spoiled the party, the miserable sods. But look, the other the other teams above us dropping points, it puts them right in the mix, and it gives us some hope moving forward that we can get out of this mess and and hopefully climb to mid table mediocrity. Lads, how did you see the game? Oh, we're celebrating a big win, aren't we, Nick? That, as you say, it's a nice, makes a nice change, doesn't it? Although I have to say, I think if I were choosing a mannequin, it would have been more been more Debenhams than John Lewis. For me, I guess that just shows how middle class you are, Nick. That you thought John Lewis. <laughs> um, I have to be honest. I think, yeah, worthy. We're going to talk about worthy in a bit. I get, but I guess, but he, he revved up the crowd. He revved up the fans. Got everybody straight on side, hadn't he? Clearly got the players on side. They clearly got his respect, which is quite interesting. You know, a guy that, that obviously conducts himself well and as a consequence, the players listen to what he had to say, which is which is difficult sometimes. As a caretaker manager coming in, they don't always want to listen, do they? Um and, and I thought then I don't you know, I thought although he picked a decent lineup, he had challenges on the day with the loss of Rudoni and Kasumu to the sickness and, and Ian's gonna debate whether whether that was the right lineup or not, I think. But you know, Pearson Valley was a, a bit of a masterstroke. I was concerned about putting him at right back and then of course you're moving Brody Spencer out to left back but <clears throat> that kid's really showing some quality and versatility at the minute which means we can do those kind of things and, and but I have to be honest I thought for, for 67 minutes Wednesday looked the more likely to win the game out of the two of us we looked quite nervy we obviously lost Healy at Healy at uh, 24 25 minutes like that and then Wiles came on and, and I thought Wiles did better I thought our shape looked better and and we look better with and without the ball as a consequence. But Wednesday were on top for me and, and but for a really clever uh, sort of weird block chippy thing by Tom Lees, um, they'd have been one nil up at half time. And 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 they were just getting up a bit of a head of steam, I thought, just after half time as well. So the goal came at the perfect time and it was a it was a sober masterclass in terms of a delivery. And Matty Pearson, he loves that stuff, doesn't he? He absolutely loves that stuff. Give it here, get it on my head, mate, in the back of the net. I absolutely love it, absolutely love it. 
And then, as you, as you said, Nick, they went Wednesday just went to absolute, absolutely to pieces for twelve minutes. But um, yeah, I thought the, uh, the the second goal and the third goal to a point. They're normally the goals we don't score. You know those chances where they get put through clean ball, one on one. They, they you know they panic, they fall over, they try to come back onto the stronger foot. They do all sorts of weird stuff. Town players normally, but you know I thought Karoma. Crumb was great, but I'm a big Hekwe fan of Wednesday, but I thought he had a really poor game. And, and for that second goal, it was a, a lovely pass after a great tackle from, from Matt Oss. JK used his body well, got he used his pace, used his body, got in front of the guy. I thought he, I thought Hekwe was going to take him down, I think. And he then jumped out of the way, he didn't. The goalkeeper sold himself, and it was a lovely, a lovely finish, really. And then, as I said, the third was the same, really. And, and I think the third goal really showed the change in mentality that Worthy was trying to drive into the team so you know normally at 2-0 up you get a free kick in the middle of your own half you slow it down you put the ball on the ground you walk over it a centre half comes and looks at it then he points at the goalkeeper then he walks away and then the goalkeeper comes out but no there were none of that banged it down Sober made a run in behind their left back who, who I say is possibly one of the worst performances I've seen by an away player in as long as long as I can remember and the ball was a belter wasn't it a real Hollywood pass and so, but again, it's not the greatest finisher, but great first touch and a really cool finish. And then the fourth, well, I mean, what an absolute shambles from a Wednesday point of view that fourth goal was. It was comedy, wasn't it? But what an absolute shambles. Um, and the keeper went mental as well for that man. I don't know if you, if you watch the replay. I mean, what is the keeper thinking? He was never going to get there on the Sundays, was he? But Kenoma kept his cool and, and, and we saw it out. And then after that, I really was just seeing it out. The clean sheet was nice. Um, they had a couple of goals in there. Mally Wilkes had a really smart shot that Nichols saved. But you know, we had a, we had, I think it's only our third or fourth clean sheet all season. Um, first win in 2024. But I'm a unit. The thing that really pleased me most as well is how everyone else went on because we've suddenly pulled four or five teams right back in it now. You know, with, with us and QPR winning, the re- is really cranking the pressure up. So it was a, it was a really good afternoon. As I said, I didn't particularly enjoy the first 67 minutes, but. Once we scored, there was only one winner, weren't there? And, and, and I thought Town were deserved winners in the end. It were not, It felt totally different, like walking down to the game. I park at the top of Rothwarp and avoid Red Ash Path nowadays, but walk from walk down there and uh, all the way down Kilner Bank, it just, people are talking in a different way already. And I think that's just, it goes to say and, and to show how, how poorly Darramore's press conferences kind of got us, because realistically, between him getting sacked and the game yesterday, the only thing we had from Worthy and it was the worthy interview and, and Matty Pearson doing the pre-match conferences. And like you said, just the way they were talking about it, both of them, it seemed very clear that the players themselves and other staff at the club weren't happy or entirely comfortable with how um, the team was set up on a week-to-week basis. And I felt it, I complained about it non-stop. I think me people must be fucking tired of me talking about how, how against it I was. I'm, you know, I'm probably tired of it myself. Nick, you wanted uh, some twitchy, twitchy boxer shorts. You said you were after that a couple of episodes ago, last episode, and I think you must have got what you were after on Saturday because, again, straight. I think a lot happened in that game. I don't think it's an easy one to break down over the 90 minutes. I think you really have to look at the segments of it. Um, as you mentioned there, guys, I don't think um, if Rodoni's fit would have started with the two strikers that would have gone with. I think that system was very much a, a 4-2-3-1 designed to play Rodoni as the 10. But obviously, uh, Worthy, there's come out Saturday morning and Rodoni's ill and you've, you've got to you've got to flex and and try and make the most of it and he didn't complain he, he, he adapted and, and chucked Healy in there as that kind of shadow striker um 
And to be honest with me, that didn't work. It actually failed. I thought as the game started, we looked very fucking nervous. We looked like we knew how important that game was for us because we've had these easy fixtures and not picked up a win. And okay, Worthy's only in for one game or maybe two games. And it's not the pressure on him, but the players know how important this is for the rest of the season. And I thought Nichols, of all people, looked pretty shaky with his passing out from the back in the first 15 minutes. And he hasn't been on form as he has been the last couple of seasons, but he just looked um, really shaky, I thought. And, and Brody Spencer, he switched to the left-hand side. And I'm, I, I don't really understand the loving for him, to be honest, on, on this game over the 90 minutes. Because I thought he started really shakily, and, and Sheffield Wednesday should have been one nil up on a on a header that Nichols played out to him, and he's headed it back into the field to keep the ball alive when it was never on, and we were very lucky to get away with that, and and to be at nil nil after the first twenty minutes, as you mentioned, Gaz, and that first twenty odd minutes, it was just it were all over the place, and I've spoken about this before, but I think what happened was, and we haven't spoken about it after the game, Alex Matos was given the job of man marking Barry Bannon. And now he took him out of the game eventually, but for that first 20 minutes, Matos is following Bannon around and Johnny Ogden has got the rest of the midfield to try and cover it on his own. And it just wasn't working. We were getting overrun there. And then you've got two fullbacks who aren't natural fullbacks in their positions at that point. Matty Pearson was very narrow. There was a ball over the top of him a couple of times where he did sort it out in the end, like he's going to win that tackle. But initially, he's, he's, he's just in the wrong place because it's not, he's, he's a centre-back. That's what he is. Brody Spencer, likewise, he just thought he was a little bit okay off the ball, but on the ball, not, not the greatest. And until Healy got injured, I thought we were lucky to be nil-nil. And it's not nice for a guy to get injured, but with Healy going off and Wiles coming on, at that point, Sheffield Wednesday looked like they couldn't control the game anymore. We had an extra guy in midfield. Wiles allowed Matos to follow Barry Bannon around um, to drop deep because he kind of plays as that free man. He allowed him to do that. And Matos was then able to, to chase him around, but Wiles could work with Hogg and just stop them playing. And that's why I think that 23 minutes in, we, we suddenly looked like we were in the game. Um, Bojan Radulovic up top, for me, wasn't a presence at all in the game. And then, so I kind of break it down there, your first 25 minutes like that, and then from 25 minutes to 65 minutes, whilst we were in it in the middle, we still didn't have that presence up top. It still felt like we were pretty lightweight. He got buoyed off the ball a little bit. Wiles put a nice little ball into Sauber Thomas, who should have probably done better um, just after he came on. He didn't. And we go in half-time, nil-nil. And, and like you say, guys, I thought we were pretty fortunate to be in the game there. But you could see Johnny Worthington there on the sideline just adapting his game plan. He's adapting his game plan to what he's seen on the pitch. And now Darren Moore was absolutely useless at that. Either he didn't see it or he didn't want to change what he was doing. Worthington had the smarts about him to, A, in the first place, put Matos on Bannon. We've got a player-specific instruction there to stop them playing that worked. Um, and then secondly, as the game went on, he's, he's changing and adjusting stuff. And you could see it. Spencer got better off. Pearson started sticking a little bit further wide. You could see him talking to players. Um, and then when Radulovic uh, goes off injured... Um, and, and we go with Karoma up top again. All of a sudden, we look like will beaters. Like honestly, from that moment on, Sheffield Wednesday couldn't deal with us. They couldn't deal with the pace. It felt like to me watching it that their defense had a very easy game for the first sixty minutes. They didn't have to do very much. Midfield was a bit of a battle, but their backline was not tested by Sauber Thomas once. Karoma did absolutely nothing until he scored. And um, Sauber Thomas wasn't effective as, as much as he can be, and as much as he was later on in the game. But. It was just kind of that. It took that injury to bring to bring to change the to the the focus to having a bit of pace on the break where everything suddenly changed. And now I was a big advocate of of Matty Pearson coming into the team this weekend because with Helic out, a you need leaders and b you need somebody to attack the corners because we're a bit of a corner specialist when it comes to goals. I know Nick likes a good winger, but but all of a sudden this weekend we look quite dangerous from the corners and we're and looked like he kind of threw back to Corbin's kind of style of set pieces to me. We had a group lot of players on the edge of the box and a group lot in the six-yard box, and they were just in-swingers. Now, 
you could see what they were trying to do. And it was all about clearing the box. So Matty Pearson had a free header. And that's where the goal came from. You've got five dummy runners or four dummy runners in front of him. You've got them clearing out the box and Matty Pearson going to the back, getting a one-on-one header with a winger. He's going to win that. He's going to win that every day of the week. And like I said, the header wasn't clean. It wasn't. It wasn't great. But the way we we set that up meant that he was at the back post free, and he could just pop it in. And it changed the game for us. We're a team set up to win on the counter attack because Darren Moore made us that way. We can argue that it didn't necessarily work under him, but all the time, something like that, we, we, we're just trying to transition quickly. And now, if you go one 0 up at home against a team fighting relegation that need to come and win because they're under the same amount of pressure as you. That's when it's prime for hitting on the counter-attack. And that's where those next 12 minutes came from. The first goal was well worked through Donny Worthington deciding to play Pearson and going back to the old set pieces that worked time after time. Then after that, it was, right, they've got to come at us. Let's keep our fast guys up top, Karoma, on the back line. They went one-on-one with him time and time again. It's right, right, if we get it, play it quick. That second goal comes from Alex Matos again. It was a it was hassling all over the place. And we can probably go into individual performances in a second because there was a lot to go about. Bolker, another one. Um, but but Matos was just busy. He was busy, busy, busy. He wins the ball back on the third tackle. Wiles, first time. Plays in That's it. Goal. It's as easy as that. We made it so easy. The, the third goal, was that the third goal was Johnny Ogg's quick free kick, I think? Um, yeah. Playing it like Beckham, innit? Spraying it 45 yards over top to Silver Thomas. Looks amazing. But it's easy football and you can do that. You can do that when you want to look at home against a poor team. They're going to have to come at you. And it, Johnny Ogg had, had brains in him just to, right, let's play it quick. And it was good. It was amazing to see. And the final goal, Karoma again. It was just, I don't I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know what Sheffield Wednesday were trying. That back pass was utterly fucking ridiculous. It was mental. But the goalkeeper made a mess of it as well, to be fair. For the second goal, for the for the Karoma second goal, he, he, he doesn't come out. He stays on his line and he kind of gets caught in no man's land. Karoma's got an easy finish. For that fourth goal, the keeper rushes out as fast as he can because he's like, right, last time I got absolutely done. I'm not getting done this time. I'm going to go out and meet it. And Karoma took it around him pretty comfortably. But I don't know why he didn't really have a goal first time. It seemed a bit unnecessary that he, he, he cut it back and he got tackled. But then he won the ball back again. It was quite fortunate that one went in. But it's just nice that for once, we're the beneficiaries of fortunate situations because all this season, like QPR, we should have won that game pretty comfortable until Balker gets pushed out of the way a little bit. And, and unfortunately, we, we draw the game when we should have won it. Um, it's just nice that everything kind of went right for us on Saturday. And it just, I don't know, I don't know what you guys think about it, but I thought on the way down, it felt like it was going to be a good day. And, and I know it's strange to talk about that. It'd be just, it felt like, the, the the dark days of Moor football is, it was lifted before even kickoff. And whilst it was nervous in the first 20 minutes and we rode it out from that moment on when Worthy adjusted it, it never felt like we were going to lose that game. And it never felt like even we were going to concede after 20 odd minutes, to be honest, because I don't know what Sheffield Wednesday offered. And it's just, it's nice to feel like it's a game we've won that we've deserved to win. Because too often this year, even if we get a positive result or a positive draw, it seems to be like we kind of just scratched and scraped and, and just kind of managed it without asking any questions. But we went at it and and we did all right. And I'm looking forward to Southampton. Not maybe as much as on Valentine's Day uh, Sunderland, but straight away it just changes it for me. And I can't be the only one that feels that way because it definitely felt better even before kickoff. Yeah. And I think it makes such a difference having someone who's not frightened to make decisions in game and react and change things. And that was a big difference for me, like you said, Ian, that if that's Darren Moore, you know, do 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 we make those changes? Do we try and sit back when we go a goal up? Do we try and do we put five at the back and try and defend 
as we did when we when we played QPR at home, do we just sit back and try and hold out and and hope and then eventually concede? I don't know, but it was it was refreshing for us to keep going, not just settle for the one nil. The 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 two goals in quick succession were were so important because it just completely killed the game. It just you could see Wednesday's end as soon as that second goal went in, they knew it was over. And then it was just, you know, we are we're a very, very good team on the counter-attack because that's, that's what we're built for. And when you have pace up top, you've always got a chance when the other side's chasing the game. I thought Matos was, was his best game. Their town shirt, I thought it was brilliant winning the ball back. And I thought Ben Wiles, it particularly, you know, pushed further forward. I thought that's, that's the role that he should be in. I thought it was very, very effective. And we'd be cry- we've been crying out for creative attacking midfielder for ages you know could he partly be the answer have we have we had the answer all along this season I don't know but I think he will get better as well as the season goes on and hopefully next season we'll have a real player on our hands there the strikers I don't know I agree I think Radulovic looks a bit lightweight to me I think he's going to take time to adapt I hope he's going to bulk out a little bit I do I do like he's shown promise yeah I, I like some of the touches that he does and some of his link-up play and I think he's been unlucky on a couple of occasions not to find the back of the net but I do think he, he get he, he does get bullied a little bit yeah too that's much. my problem Nick my, my problem there is he don't win a header he don't he, he's really not very good in the air and he's not very fast I think I expected a bit more pace and height because Karoma goes up top and he wins every single header and okay that it's a different psychological point in the game when you're winning but as soon as Chrome went up there and he's winning flick-ons and he's not a tall guy, he made me then go back to how Radulovic kind of did it. And he would just look, he looked a bit soft. But that, that's what we were speaking about uh, previously on the podcast in regards to the Finnish league is not the championship. And it takes quite a while, I think, to, to adapt to it. But it looks to me like, I don't want you Finnick, you're the hench one on here. It looks like he needs to bulk up in the gym a little bit. And I think that, I feel like that's... You need some heel and some wee to mix. Funny that, he does, I know it's lazy. It feels like lazy punditry. Not that we're pundits. I feel that's over grand for, for what we're doing. Having a couple of beers talking Absolutely. about it. But, but it just feels, it just feels to me like he just, he's, he's just getting... And, and he's a bit, he's a bit deaf, you know I mean? He caught a couple, he caught a couple of... And I don't know what he went off with. I don't know the bloke poked him in the eye or whatever he did. But it was one in the first half as well where, he, I mean, it was a summer. No, and he went down like somebody had clobbered him with a sledgehammer on his head. He really does need to bulk out because he ain't going to last long in the championship, is he, on that kind of, on that kind of performance? Because the centre-halves, as you say, and we're having a really easy afternoon. They were having a stroll. They were having an absolute stroll. And I think... He was ineffective at 10. Ball was not getting to either Karoma or Thomas to cause any problems, and, and every time came near a duel of this, they just headed it back into centre midfield, didn't they? So, and, and you know, I think that that second goal that wouldn't have happened if Moore was still in charge. By the way, just picking up on what you said earlier about about Darren Murray, and I think because we wouldn't we wouldn't have done that, you wouldn't have had Wiles and Matos in that area of the pitch to win it back and then play that. No, you're right. We, we didn't. We were pressing. We were pre- Wiles, Wiles were pressed high still, wanting for that, guys. Like, Matos yeah. was still doing his job, but you had Wiles pressed high and Corona on last man. And like I said, yeah. that wouldn't have happened. We'd have had 10 behind them. We've had 11 behind the ball. And it just, that option wouldn't have been on. And I think that's the, that, that was instantly the difference, wasn't it? I think that's the shackles, in it, that, that have been towards off. I think that's what Worthy we're, we're talking about. But like I say, we're both, we're the Livick. It just felt like, Get stuck in, man. And again, I, I, I know that's... I, I'm reluctant to speak like that because I feel like that's a lot of things fans throw at players. Oh, they're not even trying. They're not even trying. It's not... It's not try- But then I, I see that and that, that's what my kind of belief is. I think... Not that he ain't trying. He's trying, but I think he needs to stick it, stick it in a little bit more. He's just not quite... 
to me, that physical presence that he looks like he should be. And now, if he's fast and he's banging goals in for fun, fine, you don't have to win it. Not a problem. You don't have to make it tough for strikers if you're scoring. That's that's okay. But it looks a long way from scoring just yet as well. And I'm just hoping um, he can get up to pace pretty quickly because we need we need strikers that can score. And hopefully, well, Karoma might be that, actually, to be fair. If, if Bergsall's back shortly, then maybe he's that. But Radulovic, to say he scored so many goals in Finland, I just... And even though I accepted that, I thought it'd take a bit of time for him to adapt. He looks a long way off at the moment where I thought he'd even be even considering that. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I've not written him off yet. I, I remember John Stead, his first season when he came through and he was this sort of beanpole, lanky. But, and you, you thought, well, is, is he really going to make anything? And then he had that season where he broke through, albeit at a different level. But I think sometimes... You know, you just need a bit of adaptation, and like I said, I think he just needs to bulk out a little bit. He could be the next John Stead, could be the next John Makaliske. Who knows? But I think I've seen I've seen enough in little patches to think that we we do have a player there that has potential. I just think he just needs to that time to adapt. Unfortunately, the problem is we're in a position where we haven't got time for players to adapt because most of our strikers are bloody injured and we're in a relegation battle so we need the strikers we do have we need them to be firing and scoring goals and unfortunately is that as, as difficult as it is we need him to hit the ground running pretty quickly really I think Bergzog will make when when he does come back and it, it doesn't look like he's too far off when he does come back I think he'll make a big difference because you've got a bit of pace and power up there as well alongside your Karomas your Thomases so we, we will have you know, good pace up there, and although he's a bit unpredictable, he does he does score goals. So I think there'll be even more threat when he's back. And he would have, he would have ripped him. You know, and two centre halves they really would have struggled with Yellow on on Saturday. He's their worst nightmare. Big, strong, direct. You know, Karoma was quick, but he's not as you say. He was winning headers against them. Was Karoma? So I know it was better, wasn't it? It was. It was. It, it's just. I can't believe how bad Sheffield Wednesday were. Like it's one thing saying how good we were, but like you say, they 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 looked nondescript. I thought the wingers in the first twenty minutes were pretty dangerous. Um, again, I think it came because our midfield were getting overrun, but they caused a few problems. But once the game settled down, I I I don't think they've got a chance of staying in this division. Danny Rowe's got a lot, unless they've got a good a few good options on the bench and coming back from injury, they looked awful. Well, they missing Windass, but the Windass wasn't in, Nat Johnson wasn't in, who'd been their two best players. So I guess, you know, you're right, you need a bit of luck. And maybe that was another bit of luck that's been deserting us, that Wednesday's two best players, or certainly Windass is one of them, isn't it? They didn't play either. Because I think Windass brings a completely different dimension to that team. They just didn't ask any questions, really, did they? There were no creativity spark. There were no creative spark from them. Like, we had Wiles doing it a little bit for us yesterday. They didn't even have that. They just... Didn't have the the wingers with the direct uh, directness, direct is it whatever it is the a, a play of Sorba Thomas and Karoma can give you, but they just didn't have much. I just I just I was expecting more from them in a game that's going to be really important for the rest of their season as well because now we're so far ahead of them. It doesn't make us safe from relegation because obviously that third spot's very much up for grabs. But Rotherham looked pretty done, and Sheffield Wednesday to me they've got a. I, I can't I can't see it. I just can't see it because yesterday. Again, they looked like a bit the way we attacked with Darren Moore. We didn't really have a kind of a clue. And they kind of felt a bit like that kind of trans- the team in transition. I don't know. There's only 16 games left of this season and they're a long way from from staying in it if, if 
But they did, I suppose, have the game on Wednesday night. So I'm guessing they could be a little bit leggy as well. If they are having a few injuries, maybe that that played into it and we, we got a bit lucky, but we took it this time. We, but then we've had a few games recently against, like you say, Plymouth lost a couple of the best players because they were called back alone, lost the manager, all this type of stuff. And we didn't take advantage of it, but yesterday we did. Um, but we, we've, we've, we've still a long way to go in this season, isn't it? Well, Wednesday need to win three more games than we do now between now and the end of the season. And on, yesterday, on Saturday's show, excuse me, I'm not sure when's you going to get three more victories, let alone three more than us. So I'm with no, you. Mentally, mentally, guys, didn't they? They looked weak. That was it. I think once you conceded one goal, they fell apart. And we've experienced that quite a bit with Fotheringham and Darren Moore's early games. We, we've seen it happen. And it just looked like mentally they've checked out a bit because it's hard. Losing games is hard. Your new manager comes in, you get that little bit of a bounce. But then over a bit of time, it, it drops again. And it just seems to me like they're in that the midst of thinking, oh, shit, Danny Roll, he ain't the answer. He ain't going to give us the instant kind of result we need. We still have to work at it. And as soon as that that little bit of uh, th- that, that goal goes in against you and you're facing a little bit of adversity, they fell in on themselves yesterday. And that's going to be a long way and a very tough ask for them now to get out of it. So look, for us, it feels like we kind of didn't relegate another team yesterday. We didn't relegate a team on Saturday, but... We really made it hard for them to 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 catch up and make it mentally a tough thing as well. Really important result, and I think Sheffield Wednesday, if they are going to get wins, they're going to be at home, aren't they? I think they're going to be one of them teams that gets the points at home, not away. You know, with that massive crowd. I mean, who, who wouldn't? You know what I mean? So I, I think they, they they did go on a decent run. I think the problem with Wednesday, they, they didn't have a good transfer window either, which which hasn't helped them. I think they were they were looking for a for another striker. It didn't really materialise. So I don't think they've had a, as good a window as they wanted to. And then, what as we know, only too well, you, you get a few injuries to key players, and suddenly you, you're on the ropes, aren't you? Hopefully, um, I think Rotherham's definitely out of it. I, I don't see them getting enough wins. I mean, you always towards the back end of the season, a team does go on a bit of a run and and push it close. I don't think Wednesday's down yet. I don't think we can completely write them off, but I think I think you're right. I mean, it's anyone's guess for that third spot, though, isn't it? It's um, with the other results we've got. What we've we got, we've got Stoke, Birmingham, Blackburn, Swansea, Millwall, all within two points. So the problem is when you look at our fixtures now, we've got some bloody tough games, haven't we? That that's that's the problem. But then I guess, you know, the other teams have got to play each other. They can't both win. So we, we've just got to keep in the mix. We've got to try and just keep picking up the odd point away. And we've got to try and get wins at home. That's the thing. We've got to try and get wins at home. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was a vital win. And really, apart from that game and the Blackburn at home, where Blackburn were absolutely awful, I think those. I think you're right. I think that's the only two games that we've actually looked like we deserve to win, and, and we've won comfortably, rather than just hanging on by a thread. Last gas tackles, scraping out a, a win. It, it was it was nice and refreshing to see, and unfortunately now they've got to go to Southampton. We've we've actually done well with the goal difference. I was really pleased they kept going, because the ta- the town of all would have just stuck out a one nil. And unfortunately, with the goal difference as it is, you know that that those extra three goals, that four 0 that's that's really helped us goal difference wise because QPR are on the same goal difference as us now. Stoke's on the same goal difference. We're only a few goals behind Birmingham, 
and Blackburn now. So another couple of decent wins and we could have a better goal difference, which, is, as you know, is, is pretty much like an extra point, isn't it? So... No, it is like that. It is like that, Nick. It's like it's like a four-point win, and then we might get smashed at Southampton by six, and maybe 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 we're back to where we were. But it, I think it's also important. I just want to quickly go back to the game and mention how, how impressed I was with Balker. I mean, we talk about how Radulovic hasn't kind of adapted just yet, but Balker's first taste of English football against QPR was rough, to to, to say the least. Um, but then he's had to step in on on Saturday. Helix out and. Um, I thought it was a really important part of how we could play football further up the field because he's got that little drop on in the shoulder where he can just turn, take it past a striker, progress into that midfield. And now, I'll be honest, first time he did it, I shat myself. Honestly, I, I saw it. Oh, oh, no, you can't do that, mate. You're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. I thought it was just a lucky, a lucky kind of thing, but he did it two, three, four times throughout the game. It didn't look like getting caught once. I'm sure he will between now and the end of the season. But we now have a defender. Helic does it, but he's, he's a bit more of a... He doesn't really turn. He just kind of takes it forward. And that does help a little bit. But Volker can beat the press. And if you can beat the press and get into midfield, that's when you start creating in the midfield. And that is why Ben Wiles looked like a different player. It is. Sheffield Wednesday couldn't just sit and be set and wait for us to pass it around at the back, fanny about a little bit, and then work it slowly up the field. We had a centre-back who could turn and take it forward. We had... Uh, Spencer, who was going to take it forward a little bit. We had Kroma and, uh, and Sauber being a risk over the top. There were so many different outballs for us, all based upon, I reckon, Boker at the back. That's why we looked a different team in transition. And that's another reason why it's, it's a four-point win for me. But better than that, in, in that the team looks like it can play football in a way I didn't think it could. I didn't think we had that in us. I thought we had to be a little bit more defensive. And to be honest, seeing it on Saturday, I think, we can dominate games. I know we didn't in possession. I think we still ended with 38% possession, which surprised me. I, I didn't, I can't really remember Sheffield Wednesday having the ball that much, but maybe that's the 12 minutes picking out of the back of the net and taking kickoffs that actually skewed that. Because to me, watching the game is sat in my seat. I, I felt like it was a bit more of an equal game and we might have dominated when it came to, but, but so, so to see it like that at the end kind of surprised me. But again, it's not necessarily the possession, it's how you use it. And we used it very well, I think. And Sheffield Wednesday just didn't. They just, they just didn't do it. But it's nice to see it because I didn't think we had it in us. And that really gives us a chance. Because when you're going against better teams, you have to have a bit of the ball. You have to have something where you can just relieve the pressure. So you're not always going at it all game. And for the first time this season, I actually thought we did it by design. Mm. And um, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking forward now to the next next few games. Maybe maybe not Southampton. I'm just, he's a bit, he's a bit shit that that's next up. Because if anybody, if it's anybody you don't want to face, it's them in it, really. Any top, it's just it's just not that we've got a bit of good win. We, we've opened up a bit. We've had a go. It's Thomas and Karoma are on fire now. Well, I don't know if you can class it on fire after one game, but I'm going with it because small margins this year. There's not many things to enjoy. Um, it's not the right time really to go there. I just wish it was Sunderland first because Sunderland away from home, guys. We, 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 were the, we were a good match for them. They, they couldn't break us down. And now, of course, they've lost their superstar, Alex Pritchard, for 100 grand to, to Birmingham. So they'll be devastated about that. And they'll be weaker because of it, obviously. But that's the kind of game I wanted this weekend because I feel like we can go into it after a 4 0 and you go into win another one. Um, hopefully, we can go to Southampton and not throw it away, but compete and be okay and, and have a bit of a go. Then we can go to Sunderland next week because realistically, to me, I'm already looking at that as the more important one. And hopefully we take the form from Saturday and the belief from Saturday into that game 
and just not lose it on on, on at, down at Southampton. I was impressed with Volker. I thought he played really well. <clears throat> we're gonna have a we're gonna have a real problem at centre half when they're all back and all fit. You know, you're gonna have you've got Volker, Helic, Pearson, Lees, Uta. Brody could play there, and I think we've got uh, we've actually got. Believe it or not, an embarrassment. You could call it an embarrassment of riches. And I thought him and Matos as new signings were probably two of the key players on on Saturday. I can really see now what Chelsea see in in Matos. If that if that's what they see on a, a regular basis, that kind of energy and drive and commitment. Because you say you know he's a young, was he eighteen, nineteen, whatever he is, and and to be asked, he's nineteen, yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, and, and I know Barry Bannon's not the Barry Bannon of old, but. You know, he that bloke can still dictate a game in the championship, and and I'm sure if you went and watched the games where they've won or you know won a few in the last ten, Bannon will be pulling the strings. He'll be running that shit, and and he's still capable. So and what he did do was I'm not I think he he did a decent enough job. Bannon's still, Bannon's still cute enough and good enough to find space, and he did. But he was knackered after 80 minutes. After 70 minutes, he couldn't run. I mean, they took him off in 80. I was 80 minutes, some 85, 80. It was after the 80th. You know, I mean, how good was that to see him forced off the field? It was so much deeper as well. Like, to get that space, Bannon had to go back to his defensive yeah. line. Matt and that's, he was getting, that's why he was getting frustrated and he was trying to referee the game in the end because he was getting so frustrated with how the how the tide of the game had turned. He couldn't help himself. So, you know, I thought Matas was excellent. I thought Balka looked really tidy on the ball, really tidy. And he dealt with Smith, you know, considering he got all manned so easily at QPR, you know, Smith's a unit, but he managed to cope with him. And, and certainly to start with, Smith picked him out. So Smith put himself on Balker every time and Balker dealt with it. So he went to try Tom Lees and Tom Lees saw him off. You know, so between them, they had a really good game. And, and by the way, I just said the last two games, I think Tom Lees has been brilliant. He was brilliant at QPR. I thought it was brilliant. Really quiet, understated, going about your business, doing a brilliant job, Tom Lees, at the mix. So... I mean, I, I don't envy whoever's going to be having to pick those two centre halves because it looks like four is the way we're going. It's going to be a difficult one. I'm, not, I'm glad it ain't me. Now, Tom Lees has been fantastic, though, hasn't he? Like you say, guys, what I think he does, I think he's a positional guy. I think he's the guy that adjusts the defence to cover the weaknesses that we have. He's a guy that sorts Pearson out to make sure that, okay, he's great. He's, he's, he's going forward, he's, he's un, unnaturally good and, and he's a bit of a threat. And, he just, he just, he really organises it. I think he's the og of the back line. I think he does more than most people give him credit for. And like you say, guys, when everyone's back and fit, it's, it's really difficult to to pick your your two centre backs because Balker can bring the ball forward, but Helix better at goal scoring. Yet Lees is the guy, in my opinion, that organises that back line. It, 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 but isn't it nice to be here? It, it does feel like whilst we still have uh, worries about how we can score goals. We haven't got a defensive problem. I don't think we, we feel like anything on that back line. We've got a problem at any position on that back line. And that's quite rare for a team at the bottom of the division. And I think that's why um, I give us a, a better chance of staying up. Because look at Plymouth and Blackburn. They've got two of the top goal scorers in the league, yet they still concede too many goals. And conceding goals gets you relegated. You can you can, We nearly got promoted without a goal scorer in the Corbin season. You don't actually need one goal scorer. Other people can chip in. What you have to do is stop conceding goals. And to be fair to Darren Moore, maybe, maybe it is him that's done it. I I, I don't know, but we, we definitely look pretty solid at the back, whereas there was a period where we didn't. Um, I think we went too far, absolutely. But now maybe the foundations of our, our solid defence and the belief that we've got is based upon what he's 
installed in the team. We just need somebody else to unlock the attacking side of it so we can keep going. Yeah, I mean, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for your backline boys because it is it is a it is a real problem because we've got you to, to to come back and it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be. I think it's no coincidence that Lee's form has improved. Now we've got more competition. I said that before. I think the more competition you have, the best you get out of the players. But I do think he's I do think he's played very well. You're right. He's he's a, he's a bit of a you know, experienced head calming influence, just making sure the more erratic ones don't go too um outside the box. Bolker could be I mean he could be a Nabisar Mark two, where you you know, you just don't know what one one game is gonna be man of the match and the other game is scored two own goals or he's he's passed back to, he's passed straight to striker to tap in. You know, you, you're gonna get times where he tries to play an ambitious ball and he gives it straight to striker through a one-on-one with keeper but you'll also have games where he split you know plays a defense splitted pass like 40 yards straight through so you're gonna get you're gonna get different things with him but i i i i love players like that i love defenders like that and it's exciting and it's what you know a bit of pace at the back finally as well i think we're really really important but what do you to me i'm assuming we're not going to go five at the back to uh, to accommodate, like don't go uh, then. Like Nick, the Nick, don't even now. don't even mention that. Come so, on, we'll just go out of that shit all. Let's not. Let's don't even don't even suggest it in case anyone anyone <laughs> listens, man. We've had to suffer that for too long. Four at the back, so oh God, it's so difficult, isn't it? To to me, well, Helic has to be there. Spencer to me is, is is done nothing wrong whatsoever. I, th- I think he's done really well since he's come in, and he's exactly the sort of player that we need to be sticking with and bringing on. Matty Pearson, again, is a is a real goal threat. Leadership qualities, experience, and then left back. I mean, Spencer, he's played left back. I mean, would you play Spencer left back or right back? Because he's supposed to be a right back. He's been left back. To me, if if that right back's his preferred position, I would play him right back, and I'll probably put you to left back. Don't know. I'm then with you. Other than it would be Lee's instead of Pearson for me. I think I think which is really cruel on Pearson, but I think you're choosing between Helic and Pearson for me. But it also depends on the opposition. Um, I think. He, See, I like you, you two at left back. I'm not, I don't know if you, I'm not sure you're a massive fan of you, Ian, but I like you to left back. I think he gives a bit of versatility. And also, the reason that Pearson got a goal on Saturday, by the way, was we had four centre halves and they only had three big players. They, they had their two centre halves and Smith, which left one of our big four completely, you know, struggling with somebody else. So that's why Pearson ended up with the winger for the goal. So, so it gives you more flexibility in set pieces. But I'm with you, I think. Because Spencer's got a bit of pace about him. So has Balka. That's your, you know, Helly, you put Ellick and Lee together. I'm talking myself back out of it now, aren't I? You put Ellick and Lee <laughs> together and, and you're not going to have pace through the centre. You put Balka in there and the guy looks like he's got legs. So so do you go Helly, Balka, Utah, Brody Spencer? I think that's thing what is, I'd do. We're going to have injuries though. Like this is the thing. Everyone's injured every two minutes. So I don't actually think we'll have to make that decision very often. But for me, Pearson has to play. You're in a relegation battle and you need a guy who's up for the fight and easy. He, he, he wins he wins his battle every time, even if it's unorthodox, even if you think he's under in trouble, he, he rarely gives a goal away or, or a goal scoring chance. Um I think I'd have uh, Brody, uh, Brody Spencer on the left hand side. I know he's not a left back, but I think you can learn a lot by playing on the alternate side. And if that allows Pearson to play on the right, 
that's what I'd have as my fullbacks. I do like Uta actually, Gaz. I think he's um, really quite effective at left back. And the only reason I give it Spencer over him is because I think Spencer's here for the long term. And I think we're missing um, missing Uta next year after his contract's out. I don't think, I think he's going to be too expensive for us to to, to keep him when we've got Spencer there to, to fill that fill that gap, really. So then you're looking at your, your two centre-backs and you've got to have Elik. You have to. He's, he's, look, he's just scored eight goals this season. He's going to he's gonna end up potentially with the most goals a defender's ever scored for Huddersfield Town. Um, you can't not play him. But then I do like the idea of Pearson and Helic in at corners. I feel like, imagine having to defend that. Imagine knowing you've got those two guys coming up every single time you've got a corner. I know, as a, as a, I'll, be shitting, I'll be shitting myself. I'll be, oh, no, not again. It just, it just, your heart sinks, doesn't it, when it happens, if you're defending that kind that kind of presence. Like, oh, not again. Can we just put it out for a throw-in instead, guys? So you, they've got a place. So then you're down to your second centre-back. And for me, Tom Lees is, is the, the organiser. I really think he's that. I think there's going to be particular games and against weaker oppositions where you probably want Bolker in because he can take the ball forward. But if you're going against Southampton at the weekend, I'd have left him out. I'd leave him out and, and put Helic and Lees back in there, to be honest. And I think it's I think they're that good. Game by game, you can adjust for who you're playing against. And that's how I'd have to go with it. But like I say we'll probably get injuries and it. it won't really matter too much. But you can't not play I just I just cannot not play Helic and Pearson when they're so dangerous from corners. And and if we do stay up this season, just like Pearson kept us up last season, remember, with his goals, he did. I think if he doesn't get that goal score in vain. It's a much tougher job for Warnock to find the goals elsewhere. Um, I think if Helic and Pearson don't get the goals that they've already got this season, we don't stay up now anyway. So I think they've got to play. I think they've got to play and you have to build from there. But it's nice to have options, isn't it? It's been a long time since we can look at the town squad and think, oh, who we're going to play. Well, not long ago, was it, when we had uh, Reg playing, I think, with Kyle Ludling up top. That's, that's all we had. That's what we had. <laughs> when we drew that, I think we did. We draw that game. Was it Hull? Was that Hull at home and we managed to draw it? That's that's a miracle. That is the miracle of Huddersfield Town, actually. It's probably the most understated achievement we've ever managed. But it's just nice to see that we've got we've got options once more. And to be fair to Kevin Nagel, he's, he's gone out in January and, and put the money on the table for us to bring in enough options that, that we can actually change the way we play now. It's just fucking funny that we don't have any strikers, yet on Saturday, the strikers that we did have are Sauber Thomas, and Josh Caroma, and they've gone and won the game after for months. We've all been like, oh, we've got strikers. We've only got wingers. And they're guys that have come and saved us. Um, it's just, it's, it's again, it's just nice to have options. And it, it just gets a bit positive, isn't it? It, it like, gives you a little bit of belief and something for us to talk about, if nothing else. Yeah. But it's the same with midfield as well, isn't it? Because Ben Wiles playing so well, Matos helping Hog out work really well. So do you, do you stay with that? Because I'm assuming Rodoni will be back soon. People will be wondering, is he going to be starting? How do you fit that into it? You know, it's 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 again, it's another it's another issue with because really Ben Wiles to me is only going to get better with game time. So there's no point just putting him on the bench to come on when someone's injured. He needs to get regular game time. So where's he going to play? Well, that ball for the second goal. If that's Kevin De Bruyne playing back, they'd be they replayed it a hundred times on on match of the day, wouldn't they? With Micah Richards, you know, with his tight trousers, getting all excited about it. And it, it was that, I thought the ball was that good, but he, his energy, he played with the real energy and, and that has been missing a little bit from his game, in the games in recent times. But, you know, when you stop starting like he is, he's come back from big injury, 
done a bit of a run, then he came out of the team with a bit of an injury. Now he's stopped starting. It's like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. The guy's not going to get into any kind of rhythm, is he? You know, it, it, yeah. he, you know, Black, Burnley wants to pay, was it Burnley wants to pay three or four million quid for him not that long ago? So he can't yeah. be rubbish because let's be fair, you know, in fairness to Burnley, they usually spot a good one, don't they? You know, picking out these good ones from the lower leagues is what they're good. It's their, it's their, uh, it's their MO. So there must be something there. As I say, I, I, I like him. I think he brings something different. He's athletic and he looks like a, an athletic footballer, which I like. So you got to play your hot hand, haven't you, as well? And he's in form already. One game, he's come on in 27 minutes and got in team of the week. Very rarely does a striker, does a, a midfielder come on as a substitute and get in the team of the week. He was that influential. He was, to me, it's just that, again, it's the shackles off him, I think. I think that's what they're referring to. He's got the freedom to play. And you could just see, I think with midfielders, it's very difficult when when they've got such a an impetus on defending. Because when they're in possession, in the mind, they're always thinking, I can't go too far here because I've got to get back. Or if I turn the ball over here, I'm going to get bollocked later on because we might be out of shape. And Saturday, straight away, you could see it's just not there. It felt like, right, let's just have a go. You get the ball in that final third, do what you want. If you lose the ball, that's fine. But you can't score a goal without taking a risk. And it just felt like we were taking a few risks playing that ball, not to feet every time. People weren't just running towards us. It were that quick flick over the top. And it would just, it was nice to see Ben White. I, I'm a big Ben Wiles fan. I think he does an awful lot. Again, when Van Lepara used to play, we'd win more points. And when he didn't play, you could look at the points per game. It was quite a big difference. And it's the same with Ben Wiles this season. Again, I need to do the work in here to to show it, to prove it. But I, I know it's quite a big gap because he really is that good. His shape is good. It's just, it doesn't turn people on good shape. Well, when it comes to footballers, it doesn't turn people on when, when someone's got decent shape. And it's just that on Saturday, it felt like he had he, he had the ability to play and he had a point to prove. You've got a new coach coming in. You've got to go and earn your spot. And for me, on Saturday alone, he put himself above Rodoni by miles. He did more on Saturday than I see Rodoni doing a game ever. I am and, and, and there is a part for Rodoni to play, absolutely. But Ben Wiles played that kind of Lewis O'Brien um, attacking midfielder role where he still did the defensive work, whereas Rodoni's kind of a bit more attacking without doing the defensive shape. And I, and I think would have been weaker for it if it had been the guy that came on after 20 minutes on, on Saturday. So there's somebody who's going to have to be left out. Kasumu's not even in this equation anymore, is he? And he had a couple of decent games. And I don't think any of us would sit in now saying he should be... Uh, Giving game time and again, what what a change! Not long ago, Reggie's in there, Diara's starting, and 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 now these players that are quite a fair way away from first, just on the back of a, a good performance on Saturday. It's just I can't believe how quickly things have changed. It could all change back again, mate. We know as town fans, don't we? The, the pessimism soon returns, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just nice, so in it, you're right. It's it's just nice to have options. Mark Harris has just messaged saying Bulker enables us to play a higher line, and the whole team benefits. And it, absolutely right. I I really like Balka. I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be a really good asset. Is is Tom Lee's contract up by the way at the end of the season? Because that might be a consideration as well, longer term. I'd have to do it. I'd have to look into that. But if it is, then maybe you know, considering the amount of money we've paid for him as well, I'd I'd expect there may be a bit of pressure to play more, especially if Tom Lee's is is to leave. But I'm not. I'm not sure if his contracts up or not. I can't remember. We did. We did talk about it on one of the episodes. Who was contracts was up, and I can't remember. And Mark's just said, head, head, yeah, Headley another option when fit. Yeah, yeah. But it's great. Isn't it? it's, it's, it's... We didn't even mention him, did we? No, we didn't. It's, I never it's, mentioned it's... him for left back. Forgot all about him. 
and you know that's that's someone who was one of our young standout players last season who's shown really good potential, but we're not even mentioning him, and and it shows. It shows the change. He'd have been fit, Nick. I wonder if he'd have gone out on a loan because he's he's another one that yeah. would have benefited from some some time on loan. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite surprised actually. To, to be, I, I thought he might have gone to maybe to League One somewhere, but. But no, not to be. So yeah, it's look, it's a four 0 It's it's a brilliant result. Let's take the positives into the Southampton game. I guess I I hate when people say it's a free hit because it's not. Every every game is just as important as the other. You, you can't go in thinking we've already lost because Southampton will drop points at home, and they weren't that great when we played them. To be honest, at home. Now I know they've picked up since, but. There's always a chance if we're organised and we go at them. There's always a chance to get something. You never know. We might nick a set piece. So we've, we've just got to take the positives in there and and see what happens. But who's going to be in the dugout, lads? That's the next topic of conversation because we've seen some comments linking Michael Duff with the job recently. Personally, I'm a bit meh on it, really, but we'll we'll get into that now. To be honest, Worthy, he's, he's done a brilliant job so far, obviously. Would, would you, regardless of who comes in, so say we, we announce somebody this week, would you still have Worthy in for this Southampton game, even if the guy's announced just to give a bit of time to sort of adjust things behind the scenes? Would you would you let Worthy have it till the end of the season and just take, maybe take a little bit longer to sort of mull things over and do the proper background research into these guys? No, I think I'd t- oh, not for the end of the season. That is, I think for for Southampton, absolutely. I think anybody coming at this point, what is it? It's Monday night tonight, tonight as we talk shite on here. But I think there's not enough time. You just let Wavenden take it. The, the, you can see him access all areas today. Everyone's happy with him. Players seem to be playing for him, as we saw at the weekend. He's he's a he's a town man through and through. The fans are happy with it. We can get bad six 0 on Saturday, and no one's going to turn against him. We'll just accept it. It's worthy. Um, I think he's got to take it on Saturday. I think what it does do is it buys us time. If we'd have lost against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, this entire podcast is a different situation because you're looking at relegation square in the face. And now whilst that's still a possibility, it doesn't feel like it's an imminent threat as it, as, it, as much as it could have been. So I think it just buys you that extra time to do your extra due diligence on the new, next guy coming in. Um, and hopefully Towner using that to their advantage, looking at who they can get in and doing an extra couple of rounds of interviews maybe just to see what culture and, and style of play they want to bring in because, as we know, with Darren Moore's attacking football, that never turned up. So hopefully we get it right this time and vet it properly. Um, I, I, I'm, I like Worthy. We all like him. Uh, to me, Nick, I know you, you don't like the word free hit. I feel like we're triggered by it. What culture we used to talk about free it was, it was Premier League season, wasn't it? When we used to throw games away because we targeted... Um, was it, who was it when Munier got sent off against? Was it Brighton in the second season early on where we're doing all right? Was it November time? I think we were doing all right. We were battering him. And that, that after a couple of free hits, that's the one we kind of focused on. And then he got sent off and it all went to, to pot. And we know that season ends. And to be fair, I don't know if we've still recovered from it. We're still, we're still suffering from that hangover. So I understand free hits are a, a pretty tough thing for town fans to hear. But having beaten Sheffield Wednesday does mean that if you lose against Southampton, it doesn't actually matter. I know a point's great, a win's better, absolutely. But it's not the end of the world, whereas if we'd have lost against Sheffield Wednesday or even failed to win, I think it's a different situation. It's another cup final. And now there's many of them to come. 
But having beaten Sheffield Wednesday, it's not as important as it could have been. Give it worthy. Let him run with it. Hopefully, we've got a new guy in for the Sunderland game because, again, I think that's one that does matter. Yeah, the the only issue you have, though, of course, is we play we play midweek, don't we? So we play Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, and I'm not sure you're going to get somebody in between the Saturday and the Wednesday game who's going to who's going to make a difference. Might get appointed in, but I I think if Worthy takes the Southampton game, I think he takes the Blackburn game. Um, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, guys, on that, remember when um, Warnock was appointed, he was sat in the stands at Stoke. Well, he won't actually. He was. He was still in New York, I think, at that point. And Ronnie was in the stands. But then they took the game on the Saturday. What game was that? Was that Burnley? Birmingham. Was Birmingham. Birmingham. Birmingham right. Yeah. So we have got form for it. It's just. Yeah. I know it's I just, midweek. I, weekend. Yeah. I, you know, I thought where they came across with with integrity and and, and a little bit of class. I thought he's he's he's, he's um. Pre-match, I watched a bit of Access All Areas and, and the little speech he gave to the dressing room after. And he talked about them. It's about you, we. Never mentioned I once, which was really nice to see. And he gave credit not just to not just to the backroom staff, but to the players themselves and, and made the point that, that it was them that did it and that they were capable. And all they did was take on board his, his talk about mentality. And, and I saw that was really nice. You know, I showed a bit of humility. And, well, he's, he's an hometown boy. He knows what the club means. He knows what fans want, so he was always going to be able to deliver on that in that context, wasn't he? Um, and also, I think he'll do whatever the, the club ask him. I think if if Jake and and Mark Howe try ask him to take the next two games, then he will because he's that kind of guy. Um, you know, there's obviously talk of Michael Duff coming in. So after me complaining last week that no matter who we appoint, 25% of the town fans will moan, I'm now going to join the 25%. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here you yeah. go, guys. Well, you can, ra- you, you can uh, raise that to about 40%, guys, yeah. if it's Michael Duff judging by the reaction yeah. on social media. Yeah, I think um, I, I hope they are taking the opportunity here because you're right, Worthy's bought some time now. right? So so use the time and use it wisely. And and. You know, I think Nagel responded to a tweet from somebody saying, why are you only looking at English managers? Him saying, what makes you think we're only looking at English managers? I don't know the exact words, but it was along that lines of who says we're only looking at English managers. And I think I do think Cartwright and Jake Edwards will be under pressure from um, Kevin Nagel because he's mentioned, I think twice now, I've heard him say, talk about having two previous managers still on the payroll. So he ain't wanting a third. He ain't wanting a third one getting paid off in six, eight, twelve months' time, is he? So, so this is an absolutely key appointment, and and I think we need somebody who is going to make an instant impact. That's the only challenge. If we were mid-table, if we were on 38, 40 points, not going up, not going down, you could almost choose somebody who then could have the rest of the next sixteen games to find the feet, know the squad, deal with who's in, deal with who's out, but. We can't. We need somebody who's going to win four or five games out of the next sixteen to guarantee our championship status. So it's that adds the pressure. And I guess if you're Edwards and Carter, right, that that gives you a leaning towards somebody who knows the championship, knows what the league's about, knows what it takes to win games in the championship. And that's where you may might might end up with a a Gary Rowett or a, a Michael Duff as a consequence. If you're looking at the future, is Gary Rowett re- or Michael Duff really the Future of, our, of of what you want to do with Huddersfield Town, I don't really know, but but yeah, I, I have to say I, I was delighted for John Worthington. 
you know, I, I really like the bloke. I think he comes across excellent. But yeah, Michael Duffman do it for me. But if he comes, he comes, and we we have to back him, don't we? So yeah, and I I was reading an article about his time at Swansea, and it's shuddered at the comp at the similarities between that and Darren Moore here. But I guess it was just a, a clash of of um, expectations in terms of the football style, and Swansea is very possession based. I guess he's more sort of counter-attack, sort of eye-press type football. It was just a bit of a clash, I think. But, it, I mean, he did do well at Barnsley. It was just a bit of a red flag to me that the only team he's managed in the Championship, the fans didn't take to him from the off and they wanted rid and it didn't work out. The thing is, certain managers suit certain clubs, don't they? So maybe he'd come here and be a, a rip-roaring success and We've all got to get behind whoever. There's no point as there's no point people moaning whoever it is because it's going to happen. And we all we can do is get behind them. Some work, some don't. I've just got to hope and pray that it works, though, because 16 games it's not a lot, is it, to really impose yourself on the club, get your playing style across, get all the players on board, and and hit the ground running and get the results that we need. We need another what five wins, six wins maybe to 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 get guarantee safety. So. It's quite a big ask, isn't it? Considering we've only got six all season so far, so it's um, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But then you know you go for a, you go for a foreign manager who completely unproven. People might be excited, but again, that's that's complete fifty fifty as to how that's going to go. For every success, there's three failures, isn't there? So just be, just because it's exciting doesn't mean that it's good. So we'll 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 see. I mean, I have seen quite a few people. Uh, I've replied to a few tweets that have kind of had a go at Kevin Nagel, saying they're still not sure about him and he's made a lot of mistakes. But you're right. To me, he's not the one that's made a lot of the mistakes. It's Cartwright and <laughs> Edwards that's made the mistakes, and he's not a footballing man. You know, he, he's put his money where his mouth is. He's brought them in to do the football inside for him and to make the footballing decisions. And if they get this wrong. Then they've got heads have got to roll. There's no hiding place with this one. It went really wrong with Darren Moore. It wasn't the right fit. Some said it wasn't from the start. I could see on paper why he was appointed because of his because of his track record, but it just didn't work. And if they don't get this one right, I think that that'll probably be the end of the end of them. So I, I don't. I think in fairness, Nick, if you say a manager's shite and they're going to get sacked, you'll eventually be right anyway, won't you? So you know, is what is one of them. Isn't it? I, I think, I, yeah, I, I think whoever comes in, as I said last time, I, I do think there's going to be an element of the of our supporters who are going to complain about it. But we we we've, we've got to got to get behind it. And, and I'm with you. The pressure is on for Edwards and Car. I cannot afford to get this one get this one wrong because I'm with you. I think if another manager walks, they'll be joining him. He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as about the messes about Kevin Nigg when he got here. He worked out really quickly what the problem was and he went out and signed four players for, you know, three or four million quid. So, you know, people are saying he doesn't know what he's doing. I beg to differ. I think that when the bloke's here, I think he knows this is the challenge with international ownership, I guess, isn't it? This is the downside to not having somebody like Dean who attended every game, felt the pulse of the fans every two minutes. You know, it's all right doing it on Twitter with big Dave Carmichael doing his video diaries, but... It's not, it's not the same as being here and feeling it, is it? 
It's not Gaz, but at least he's doing something. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of these, I think it's a case to be careful what you wish for, because although I do agree with all the things he says on there, he actively engages with the fans in the only way that he can. He can't be here all the time, but at least he does go out there making an effort to communicate and get his ideas across. I didn't agree with him saying, I've talked to other managers and you should be doing it this way and that way. I, I thought that did undermine Darren Moore a bit. But he's entitled to his own opinion and he's feeling it just as much as the rest of us. And he and he wants fans to know that he's feeling it. And he wants fans to know that he, he's taking it seriously. He's willing to invest his time and his money into the club and take it forward. So I, I would much rather have an owner that actively engages than silence. And I, and I think most fans, if you give them the op, two options, would, would go for the former. So whilst... I don't necessarily agree with everything. I think that the bloke's come in, he's invested money into the squad. He's spent a lot more than we've seen pretty much buying that Premier League season. I think he's spent the most as anybody's done for a hell of a long time. He's engaging with the fans. He's invested into the into the stadium. We're looking at buying this, you know, taking control of the stadium. We're doing developments in around the stadium. I've seen he's, he's helped with the final bit of fundraising for the Memorial Garden this week that, that, that they've launched. Which is a really nice, um, nice thing. So I, 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 I've been really impressed and pleased with what he's done so far. Is he perfect? No, but what owner is? And I, and I'd rather have that communication and effort than than some of the other owners that you don't hear anything from, and you don't see hardly any investment. So yeah, so. We've said a lot there, guys. What have we got? Anything else? Is there anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap this up? I think we've covered most of it, haven't we? The only other thing, Anne Howe's left after 30 years at the club. That's something else as well. And mm. wish her all the best. Surprised me. I mean, she's been she's she's been there so long and done such a great job and, and done so much for the club. I, I didn't want to just let it pass without giving her a mention and just to say thank you for everything she's done and I wish you all the best in her in her future endeavours. She looked after me when I was running up and down in a two-two. She yeah, so that that in itself, you know, seeing me dress like that in itself is and not throwing up is an achievement in itself. So well done for that, Anne. If you, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> thoughts on the on the Southampton game? Let's have predictions before we wrap this up. Are we sticking with the same side? Same formation because I think if Alex if Alex fit, you have him back in for Balka. I think if Alex fit, he comes back in, and I think you probably go back to full backs, proper full backs, rather than centre half playing full back would be my preference. But I think the rest of it, you probably leave it leave it as it is. I would think. Um, yeah, I'm saying with you guys, I'd leave it as it as it was. You just leave, hopefully you can just kind of keep it as it is. But if there's any knocks, any injuries, I'd take him out and look at Sunderland. To be honest, I think I'd really be focusing on that. Um, yeah. would you be uh, another opportunity to just play the formation, get people used to playing in shapes where they, so they know where they need to be? He's got it like it's going to be bloody really hard, but you have to lose eventually, right? So there's no reason why you can't go. This is the championship, as we well know, so no reason why we can't go and take a point. Having said that, I think we're going to lose 3 0. God, that's all right, man. But yeah, we've got a chance. We, 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 if we open up, we'll but yeah, lose 3 0. And I'll take it now. Do you know what? I'll take that right now. No, I don't I just I don't want a spanking because I think there's a modicum of confidence coming back to the team. And you know, although we're all moaning about the January performance, you know, we are four unbeaten, don't forget. 
because we are four unbeaten and we're not and we've not let many is it two goals in four games we've conceded but you know that there's some real positives there and I know we, I know we, we mourn about it and I still I still worried that January not getting rid of him getting rid of Darren Moore at the beginning of January rather than the end might come back ultimately the buyers on the arse but you know I, you've just got to go and give it your best shot haven't you? and, I, and I think with Worthy in charge that's what Worthy will want. I can't imagine Worthy saying, don't worry if we lose 3-0, lads. I don't think that's going to be a conversation he even wants to have, is it? But, you know, I think... Um, well, I'll be watching on telly. So if you're going down, good luck to you. Hope you enjoy it. It's a nice ground. It's a nice place to go, isn't it? But uh, I'll be watching it on the telly on Saturday. See how we get on. Yeah, I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. How will be going down there? But that said, you know what? Because you guys are all being so negative. So negative with your defeat in... I uh, said anything defeat- yet. Ah, yeah, but Nick, we know what you like. You'll be defeated. I'm going to go over one more draw. I'm going with one more draw. Stuff it. Let, let, let's. I'm just doing it so later on I can be like, hey, do you remember that time I said one more draw at Southampton? That's what, exactly what happened. We got we nabbed a draw because we're undefeated. Um, do you know what? I'm sitting here now. I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking to myself, do we play three centre-backs? But I'm just going to move on and, and leave it and chuck it to Nick because <laughs> I, I, I can't... I can't I can't show myself to have such hypocrisy, but um, you know. You what, see, honestly. I would. This is a game where I would put three. Yeah, I would. Ironically, this is the game, isn't it? Oh look, at, look at this is embarrassing, lads. We, we've campaigned for weeks and months, even about not playing about five, and here we are. We've it won is, one. We've won like, one, and the game after, we're like, oh, do you know what? Back five, initiate it again. Let, let, let's have a defensive Darren Moore football. <laughs> football. It's like Leeds away, though, isn't it? Like that's that's yeah. a game to through a back five. Exactly. That's in that one of the only ones we didn't. <laughs> Got absolutely murdered. I, I think I, I would play a back five for this and just I, you, you never know. You never know. It's a championship. They're not they're not Man City, are they? They they only beat Rotherham two 0 last game, and look how bad Rotherham are. It's not like they're, they're not smashing teams five six nil every single week. We, there's no reason why if we're well organised and aggressive. Don't give him time on the ball. And that's why I'm really impressed with Matos. And I think he's going to be key in this because he, if, if we've got someone like him hassling him, not giving him the time and the and the space to pick the passes out, we, we might do all right. Yeah, I, I'm going to be optimistic and say we win 2-1. There you would go. You rest, oh, bloody hell. Would you rest Johnny Ogg for this one? Would you bring Kasumu back in and rest Johnny Ogg? If, he, if, if, if Kasumu's not ill... Well, he was ill, wasn't he? He was ill with Rodone. I don't know what they've been doing, but both of them were sick on the weekend. Bolker seems to have brought that in with him from uh, Groningen, wherever he came from. If you uh... had a permanent managing place now, I think I think a sensible guy will be doing that. I think you're right. You know, you'd be picking, you'd be looking at the Wednesday and thinking, well, who do I need to rest? And Oggy's one, isn't it? Oggy's definitely yeah. one. Maybe even Tom Lee's. Yeah, but... you just rest all guys, wouldn't you? Because we've beaten Sunderland once. We've got the number. We can... I know they've got um, a new coach in, and... but we've beaten them once. Right. And we've beaten... Sorry? Since he's taken over, it's got worse, hasn't it? Yeah, and we beat him comfortably last time. It just felt like the way they play just matched up well with us and we comfortably comfortably did him. Um, so I'd be focusing on that. And he, like I say, any or not, because anyone old, I'd be taking him out. Um, so that's kind of where I'd be at. But I still think, like you say, we're, we're back at it a little bit. Maybe we can spoil the party somewhat and, um, and, and nick a bit of a draw there. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I think you've got that. I think you've got that. 
I think you're both absolutely mental. How on earth are we going to get out of Southampton? I don't even believe it myself. I don't even believe it's it. It's not a windows. Come on, man. You win a game, we, we get carried away. We'll be playoffs. That's what Warnock said. Warnock promises playoffs when he left. Nah, it's no he, never, he never tells a lie, does he, on his way to Aberdeen? That's a long way to Plymouth, <laughs> isn't it? From Aberdeen. I know, so it's a big commute, that, that one. Do you, reckon, do you know, like, he, he had the ability when he left us to join another club straight away. And that's quite rare with a coach, I think. I think it was, I don't know where that was said. But I wonder if we had some sort of clause where he can't coach back in England and all of a sudden he's turned up in Scotland. I know he said it was a dream to coach up there, but Aberdeen's a long, long, long way from Sharon. And he don't like leaving it for very long by the sound of it. It's a long way from Maybe, Aberdeen, isn't it? He must have a tough Christmas with her and he fancies getting out then once January comes around because every year he seems to be getting further and further away from him. But it'll be nice for, it'll be nice for, for town fans to see how he goes up there. And To yeah. be fair, though, he's kind of football... I've lived in Scotland and played football in, in the Scottish leagues myself. I don't think it's that abnormal Warnock ball. I think it's quite standard for Scottish football. So I think it's going to be a bit of a rude awakening for him to see everybody else playing his style of football. So uh, I, I, yeah. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to get one of the old firm, get Warnock in one of them grounds, either in Hampton or Celtic Park. He'll absolutely love it, won't he? Oh man, if he's giving if he's giving ref the old stare down at halfway line because he's given a dodgy, <laughs> a dodgy goal decision. Oh, like, oh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's good, isn't it? It gives us a second team to support this year. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's nice to see it. And uh, is it Rangers are playing tomorrow night? I think that's because he came out today in his press conference, didn't he? And he said, normally we're going to start next week, but he can't miss the opportunity to, pl- to, to play him tomorrow night. And I think I think it's Rangers tomorrow night at Ibrox. And then I yes. think at the weekend, they've got some absolute bum non-league team in the cup at home. So... What a Bobby tale of two hours there. Grows. I mean, they sound like a pub team, don't they? <laughs> Can you imagine the beautiful long ball football played in that game? Oh, my goodness. One for the absolute purists amongst us. When you, when you click on the when you click on the, uh, the on, on the fixture in the Google fixture thing, Bonnie Rig Rose has just got a white shield. It hasn't even got, they don't even have Bonnie Rig Rose's uh, shield on, on Google. It's like you know, like when you do football manager and it's a non 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 league team. Oh, I can't wait, can't wait to watch it. It must be on TV as well. It'd be amazing to watch that. I always like um watching Scottish football. Fort William was my favorite side because it just used to, I, I always used to look out to see if they'd get a win, and they never did. I think they got one win in like four years. I used to get spanked like eight nil every single week, but. Yeah, I, 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 I like, I like following Scottish football. So it'd be interesting to see, be interesting to see how it gets on. Because I mean, to be honest, there's, there's only really two sides there, isn't there? <laughs> the Cod Pete's. It'll be, it'll be great to see him get in there and just mess everybody up. And uh, yeah, right then, lads, we've talked a lot over an hour there. I think that's enough. Unless anyone's anything else to add, I think we'll wrap it up. But let's, let's hope that. We don't get absolutely thrashed down at Southampton. We can build on something. We might have a new manager to discuss after that. Mm-hmm. Who knows, eh? We might have Jose Mourinho. In fact, where... My big worry is if Town do win on Saturday, where's he going to find his third podcast from? He'll have to do three if we win away at Southampton, won't he? Hey, oh, never no. write me off, guys. Never write me <laughs> off. I'm a man in demand. <laughs> Turning down contracts left, right and centre to be here tonight with you boys. So on, uh, we'll you. see how we go very touching right on that note we'll end it there guys thank you so much for listening everybody and thanks for your comments we'll be back again next week for more fun and frolics and hopefully three points take care everybody 
see you all soon bye for now